Hey mamas, we are in the final M for the wisdom framework, which is, I have uh, cleverly called mad meter, how to nearly permanently lower your temper and live feeling at peace. So I thought this was important. A lot of moms feel really bad that they're angry or they lose their temper or they yell. Um, and of course, sometimes it happens more during certain times of the month, or sometimes you just feel flat out angry all the time. And so I just wanted to address this, um, and help you find, I want to say practical solutions, but also just kind of encouragement and a little bit of explanation maybe. So we basically lose our temper when we're kind of pushed to the edge, right? When we get really past the point when we feel very violated or once it just goes a little too far, you're probably really patient. So I like to say, even if a mom is like, I yelled, I think back, I'm like, think about it. How long did it take you to yell? How long did this go on before you yelled? Sometimes it might be quick, but a lot of times moms are super patient and then get really pushed to the edge and then pop all the way off. Okay. So some of the reasons could be because of exhaustion. If you're exhausted, if you, you know, whether you're up all night with baby or you're tired, the stressors of life, you know, this is, you know, that's one big one. Another is that you just have some needs that are just not being met. Met could be a need for sleep. It could be a need for some peace and quiet. It could be a need for time to carry out some of the things you need carrying out. It could be a need for um, just certain things that need to happen in the house to actually happen um, instead of people arguing or fussing. You could also, and this is a big one. This is where I typically think that that a lot of the times when we lose our temper is because we feel very powerless or out of control. There are some discipline strategies that moms really only ever use when they feel super powerless and out of control. So if you're feeling kind of like you're going to threaten, you're going to yell, you're going to spank or whatever, whatever some of these are, these kind of more feel extreme when we're doing them. This is because you feel so out of control and you feel like nothing's going to happen unless I do this. Right. And it could be that that's the case. It could be your child's just literally not listening. I had a mom tell me the other day, unless I just basically spank the crap out of them, they never do anything I say. That's what she said to me. And it could be, I mean, obviously this was true for her, you know, there were a variety of reasons for that, that I helped her through, but it had got to the point where she was trying to be sweet and patient all the time. And then she would just crack, snap and lose it, you know? And so let's dive, let's just dive in more into that. So what I suggest, if you want to kind of heal, quote unquote, your temper is for a little bit to focus on yourself, not in a selfish way, but in a sober and alert and a realistic type of way. Okay. This is similar to how you would focus on how much gas you have. You have gas or you do not, you know, there, your car, unless it's broken is going to tell you the level of gas that you have. And in an alert and sober way, you make a choice about how far you're going to drive based on that fact, right? You're not just going to keep on driving when there ain't no gas. You're just going to, you know, I'm going to go down this stretch of nothingness for a hundred miles when I've got five miles left to the gallon. It's going to work out. It's going to work out for me. 
you know, I've got good luck. No, you're not going to do that. All right. You're going to be sober and alert and you're going to make that kind of choice. That's the kind of choice. That's the kind of attitude I want you to take about yourself. It doesn't have to be heavy. It's just, it's just like a neutral, but it's just, a, it, you're going to truly monitor yourself. It's the similar to how you would, if how much money you have in the bank account, you either have it or you don't, you can either pay for this or you can't the bills, the check, even if I don't know, do anybody use checks, but let's say, we need a new expression for this, people. The check's going to bounce or it's not, right? So you look at this in more of a practical way. And I talk a lot about this in my book, If Mama Ain't Happy, um, which, you know, you can get anywhere you get books. But I, it, I talk about how our needs and the things that we need are similar to this. But because we don't literally see a negative zero or we don't break down on the side of the road, we think that we don't have limits, but we do. And almost all moms who are super angry how are way past their limits. And now some moms are super angry because they've got a relationship problem, you know, financial stresses, whatever. These are also stresses and things that can contribute. But even in those things, we can actually extrapolate all of this to those as well. But basically we have to take a sober and alert view of our situation. And we have to be honest, you know, I'm past it. I've actually lost it. And, you know, all of these behaviors that are happening, say with my child or my husband or my life or my job or whatever, they're not okay with me. They're so badly not okay with me that it comes to a point where all of my internal self-defense fight for my fight for your life type of things rise up and you lose it. And it's a self-defense strategy. And I'm not defending bad behavior when we do it because we're mad, but I'm saying this is why it happens. Your body's like, things are going very bad. We're, we're not, we're not coping over here. Boom. We're going to blow up and hope we can change something. Um, and the last example I actually made a note of is similar to, you notice how much sun you're giving, you're getting, right? If you're out at the beach, I mean, I'm right here and I have freckles, but I love the beach. So I am, you know, covering up, I'm under an umbrella. I'm putting on this like exorbitantly expensive organic sunscreen because apparently sunscreen that's like bad is like putting chemicals in your bloodstream. Why people, why is everything got to be a poison these days? I don't know. Anyway, I'm back off the subject, getting back on the subject. I watch in a sober way. I think, am I fried or am I not? Am I frying? If I'm frying, I get out of the sun. And this is how we need to be in many areas of life. If I'm frying, I need to get out of the sun. If my child is frying, I need to get them out of the sun. If they are acting basically badly, I don't need to wait until it's so bad. I basically blow up at them. And to that next point, how we, one of the ways that we do that is we intervene early. This is a huge, if we had to give, I'm sure I've said this before. I feel familiar in saying this, although I can't remember. Probably I said this about a do-over. There's a few things I might have said this about, but this is just one of those like silver bullet, one of the, the one thing that affects everything type of things. And that's intervene early. It, it basically don't wait until you're super irritated so that then you snap and scream or yell or threaten. Now, it's 100% normal to do that. It's basically stock standard textbook. It's literally how it goes. Okay, that's how it goes. You're like, I'm sweet, baby. Could you stop? Could you please stop that, my lovey, lovey-dovey wolfie? Please stop that. Stop it! Like, that's just the progression, right? And so it, 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 it I mean, not want to say everybody, but that's basically just kind of how it goes. So you're not abnormal if you do that. You're normal. But what I want you to focus on and think of is at the first sign of irritation or a crossed boundary, put a stop to the behavior you don't like. Just put a stop to it. And if this is, say, um, 
you know, a child is speaking too loudly or they're yelling. It's like you might tune it out, tune it out, tune it out, tune it out, tune it out to scream at them. Then this is partly because your nervous system is so overwrought. You finally just are literally going to do anything to make it stop. Whereas if you were in tune, if you get in tune with yourself, then at the first sign of loud volume, you notice it and you're like, hey, that's it. You know, lower your voices. And if they can't, you put them outside, you separate them. You just, you do any, you, you figure it out. So, and this is key. I don't know if I made this a note somewhere else, but like, I want to jump on this. Moms are often like, but what do I do? But what do I do? But what do I do? But tell me what to do, but tell me what to do. And I, it's hard as a, as a, when you're coaching, because as a coach, I know that if you believe in yourself, oh, this sounds like hogwash, but stick with me. I know that if you truly accept that you're rational and reasonable and a good mom, that whatever you don't like, and whatever you like, if you just accept that to be the case and you just kind of accept, I'm not going to let my kids do things that aren't good for them. I ain't going to let it happen. It's just not going to happen. You'll have a million solutions pop up as to how to make that happen. You just will. So if you think in this example of the kids screaming, if in your mind you're like, I'm just not going to let them scream inside the house. I literally don't care what they think. It's just not going to happen. It's not happening. I could think of 15 things to do to make that stop. But if I'm like, I shouldn't, I'm going to get, I shouldn't do this. Like they're just playing. They're just kids. They're having fun. If I like talk myself out of that need, which is my nervous system is crazy. My nerves are frying because these kids are so loud. Like literally no adult on the planet, unless they learn to dissociate. Okay. Which some do, but unless you really learn to dissociate, almost no adult can handle this type of noise. You're not abnormal. So if you learn to just be like, I don't like this, it's not good. It's not working and you allow that to be true for you, or uh, that sounded weird. If you allow that to just be what it is, this is just how it is for me, you will have ideas come up. I feel like I've got off my notes. Okay. But that's why I just want to say that in, in sometimes when you're like, tell me what to do. It's like, you know what you need to do. You just don't want to do it. You think it's bad or wrong or mean, but you know, that's what you need to do. Um, so at the first sign of irritation, put a stop to it any, in any way that makes sense. And you'll find if you stop things before they get too bad, then you're not emotionally flooded. You're not so activated. You can't think straight. And some moms, and it all depends on your personality, I guess, even in some ways, your trauma history. I have a friend, for example, who's had a harrowing uh, life situation the past year or so. And so she's quite prone to kind of having a, a, a fight or flight reflex where she freezes. And so it, when her kids start doing crazy stuff and yelling and screaming and refusing to do anything she wants, which of course kind of happens a lot because she has this, they kind of go hand in hand in the sense that when you're unable to cope with things, it's like the kids get, go further and further and further. And then it gets so difficult that you can't cope with that. And then you just kind of freeze and walk away and then it keeps going and on, you know? But she often finds that if it gets so crazy, she can't do it. She has to like just let them do whatever they were doing and go, even if they were doing something not good because her body can't handle it. So part of the way she's dealing with this is doing some various breath work, ways to calm down, to try to stay regulated and to intervene early. Because if she waits too late and they get out of control, she literally can't make them stop because she just goes nuts. And I mean, her body, she, it's like she's sweating and she's, you know, so this might resonate with you. And this, this uh, friend I'm talking about is not, is not um, a mama mentee or, or anything like that. 
but and she's a great mom it's just this is this is how the life goes this is how the story goes so the earlier you can intervene before it gets nuts the better and sometimes intervening happens before anything sometimes an intervention is like last night was really late we got home late i know they're going to be irritable so we're going to do more quiet play versus loud play today like sometimes inter quote intervening is just making a plan based on what you know could happen and this is part of in language of listening what we talk about of success training which is when you set your child up to be able to have success and you don't set them up to fail. And what we can sometimes do by not intervening early is we know they're going to end up getting in a situation that they're going to end up being naughty or whatever. It's going to drive us nuts. And then we let it happen anyway. And then it's bad and we scream. So the first stop of irritation, just put a, put a stop to it if you can. So, and the way you do this is to acknowledge that you should be living in a house where you're not constantly triggered or upset because you are the adult who's literally in charge, you know, and your spouse, if you have one, um, you're in charge. So because you're the one that's going to have to be paying the bills and cooking the food and taking care of everybody and making sure the house don't burn out, like literally all the innumerable adult responsibilities. And as a child, it's their job to basically play and, you know, learn how the family and learn how life works, right? They have basically hardly any responsibilities compared to you. And even kids who are very independent, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just how it goes. They're children. So you need to be able to live in your home without being constantly triggered or constantly upset or constantly emotional flooded, emotionally flooded. You need to be able to do that. And that means it's if whatever the things are that set you over the edge, you just got to be okay with them. You're just going to be like, that sets me off. It's just not going to happen. Can't cope. You know, maybe some other moms can cope. You know, and you can even, I've even validated my kids sometimes. I bet you'd like it better if you had a mom who X, Y, Z and, you know, just saying it flat out like that. And they kind of look at you like they're weird. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, no, I wouldn't want any other mom that wasn't you. I just kind of wish you did X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, yeah, you wish that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Cause I ain't going to do that. Do you know what I mean? And you don't have to either. So, and the longer, and I want to encourage you, the more that you really realize this thing annoys me, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to intervene early before I lose it, the more calm you are, the more your nervous system kind of resets and heals, the more relaxed you feel, the more powerful you feel, the more in control you feel. Moms who are very powerless and out of control, we have a, when we're feeling in that state, we have a hard time. We threaten, we do all kinds of things that we don't really want to do because we feel like we have to. But when you feel more powerful, you kind of have that sense that whatever I need to happen is going to happen. And they may like it or they may not, but it's it's just going to happen. It is. And you just, you feel like this confidence. And um, I, I heard a quote today. I was listening to this audio book and I, I'm not going to tell you it is. I'm not sure if I can recommend it yet, but this quote was interesting. And it said, confidence com always compounds itself. And I thought, wow, it does. When you have a little bit of confidence and you act out of that confidence and you're like, hey, wait a second, that worked. And then you keep doing it and you keep doing it. You, it actually compounds until you're just, you know, one of my children has ADHD and occasionally when he loses it, he'll yell something in my face, you know, like I hate you or whatever. And before I knew what was going on, before I had a handle on this, I would be like triggered to Hades and back because I'd be like, oh 
no, you did not child. Uh, you know, like none of my other kids would dare have, you know, I would just, I would be so hard for me to be patient. I would lose it. And now if that happens, I'm just like, whatever, I could do a million things. Depends on what the situation is. You know, I'm, I'm not obviously going to stand there and get yelled at, but I don't even, my heart rate doesn't even rise. And this doesn't happen that often now that we've got things under control. It's quite rare, but my heart rate, rate wouldn't even rise. And I want to say that that can happen to you. And the result, the reason is, is because I started, I, I just fully acknowledged, I can't let them do things that are just not going to work for me. And I mean, things that I'm not talking about neutral things that don't matter. I'm talking about things that are important to me or distress me and you should not either. Okay. So now one of the things that we need to do in the middle of all of this is to create these self-care routines we can fall back on. And of course, by self-care, I don't just mean like a manicure or pedicure, although those can make you feel good and relaxed or rested or whatever. I just mean things that help us be well, things that help us feel better. Okay. And this could even just be, I mean, well, I have some examples in a second, but I was just thinking about even sometimes, uh, sometimes for me, self-care is being alone. The other night I laid in bed, it was like eight o'clock. I put like my eye mask on and my husband was like, are you going to bed? And I was like, you know, I just need to lay here and think. I got something on my mind. I'm trying to think about. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but for, I felt, I mean, it was like this subject had been on my mind. I mean, this is a random one, but the subject I was thinking about was like living for eternity, finishing the race, like what it looks like to live when your treasure is in heaven and not on earth, you know? Sorry if that's too too much information for y'all, but I had just thought, I'm going to think about this. What does this actually mean? You know, what am I living for type of thing? And I just needed there to be peace and quiet and nobody talking to me. And I just wanted to think about this and I didn't come up with anything, but I had all kinds of things going through my mind. It's like my brain wanted to process and it's like all these things are flicking through my mind. This was self-care for me because it, it was just, it was allowing something that was happening within me to, I gave space to it, right? So this is like if something's really on your mind and you haven't been able to deal with it or some situation happened and it kind of upset you, taking the space to deal with it, that's even self-care, right? And now I would suggest getting out a piece of paper and writing some of these things out, whatever they, or, or if that bothers, if that makes you feel like it's a tedious list, don't do that. Just flick through your mind about what they might be. And remember, we don't want to use these all the time. It isn't like you need a checklist and every day you need to do a bunch of these things. No, because that might actually, like, you know how so when some people track everything they read to see how many books they read in a year? Some people that's fun. Some people that's like, way to take the joy out of reading. You know, you just got to know which one you are and that's okay. And you just go with that. So you don't have to do them every day, you know? So, but you can take time alone. And actually one of my mamas this time, I'm just, I'm just use her as an example, did, did an amazing thing. She said, you know, I feel like I need some time alone. I can feel it. And I really need it. I've been losing my temper. I don't like that. And these are the things that I want to do. I want a little bit of time alone. I want to bake. I want to be with a friend. You know, those are the things that she mentioned. And she made those happen within a 24, 36 hour period, if I'm not mistaken. And she's like, I just felt better right after that. I felt better. I entered back into the family fray. That wasn't quite her words, but, and I just felt better and more patient. It was like, so once you give yourself a little bit of space to do it, you recognize it and you know, you need it. And it, and it, and actually similar it's not always the case, but similar to how when you put gas in the tank, it's not like you need to wait five hours. Like the gas is like there, put it in, it's there. Sometimes the right routines, the right things we can do, they just work immediately, right? So this could be baths, peace and quiet, sitting in silence. Like I said, seeing friends, doing a hobby. My husband likes to do modeling. And so sometimes when he gets stressed or whatever, he might just go up and do some modeling. It could be exercise, it could be anything. I mean, it could be as long as it's, I would, I would probably not put, I would not put 
well, it's hard to say. Because I, I want to say I wouldn't put Netflix or TV binging on there. But I, I mean, you know, maybe a good maybe a good movie might be on there. So I guess it depends on what refreshes you. You have to know if, if you sink a couple hours into binging a show, do you feel better? If that's the case, put it on there. Um, if it's not, keep it off. You'll know the difference. So, so it's just going to be personal. Okay. So I would, and in these cases, so, so if something comes up and you've lost your temper and you've yelled, you know, you want to go refer to the do over, you're going to go, I had to do a do over this morning. I practice what I preach people. So, um, I had a big old do over how meltdown. And then I told him, you know, this is no excuse, but it's like mommy's time of the month. And then my like eight year old was like, and one of my kids were like, wait, what is that again? It was all the boys. And so we kind of talked about, you know, had a little bit of that talk. And one of them's like, Oh, so, so my eight year old was like, Oh, so when, when you're on your time of the month, you can go psycho. That's what he said. I was like, well, I wouldn't quite phrase it like that. But anyway, so when these types of situations happen, you you might want to go journal it out, write out what happened. Or if you feel better talking about it and processing it verbally with a friend who will care or listen, process what happened. Why? Why did you get mad? What actual limit was crossed? What need was crossed that didn't happen? You needed a need for a little bit of silence and everybody screaming. The need was peace and quiet. You needed a little bit of that. And you probably could have lived with like, slightly elevated voices, but you can't live with the screaming, right? Journal it out. You kind of want to do like an emotional vomit to be using kind of a gross term, but get it all out so you can kind of just get to know yourself a little bit and then think, what do I need? So if you, if you find yourself regularly losing it in a certain situation, what boundary is crossed? What line is crossed? What do I actually need? Okay. And then be okay with what you need. And this is a big point. I think I might do a separate podcast on this in general, but I want you to, and actually we talked about this in my life school at home, my membership for moms or we're teaching little kids life schools, life skills is you need to be assertive in your communication. Now being assertive does not mean being aggressive, but you want to avoid the gentle ask. So a gentle ask is when you're kind of like hinting, like maybe your whole life has exploded. Maybe, you know, you know, you're, you're about to lose the car and one of your kids getting bullied and whatever. And then somebody asks, you know, how you're going and you're like, well, you know, it's, it's slightly challenging. Um, maybe, you know, and then they're like, is there anything I can do to help? And then you're like, well, maybe you could pray for me. I, I don't know. I, I should have thought, wrote out a bunch of examples, but it's kind of like when you're sort of trying to give a hint that you might need help. And then people don't take the hint because life is busy. Life is noisy. And certainly half the population's too sort of like brash and blunt to take a hint like that. So if you need something from your spouse, from a friend, from your children, certainly do not gentle ask your children because your children, first of all, they don't care. They're not going to sit around forever and try to figure out what you mean, right? That you just need to be direct. So it's like, this is like, if the kitchen is a mess, it's not like, oh, there's a plate on the table. Because then kids will be like, yeah, there's like seven. Okay. And they're like, whatever, you know, like. Why are you talking to me about that? You need to just say, pick, you know, clean your plate up or put your plate up or what do we do after, you know? I mean, and you could say something like, oh, your plate's still on the table. Where does it need to go? Or something like that. But you want to be direct and assertive. Now, not aggressive. And you can look that up, the difference between being assertive and aggressive or passive um, in your communication. But when we need our, when we need to get our needs met, met, we must know what they are. And then we must know what we need. And so that's where I want you to dig. If you feel like you're always losing it, get, just get a little notebook, keep it by your bed or something. You lost it. Okay. Why did you lose it? What it is? Look for some patterns and then figure out ways to intervene early. So it doesn't get that far. So just to kind of recap, recognize that anger is typically a sign of unmet needs. 
and you need to figure out what that need is and just being past the point. And if you can head it off at the pass earlier, you'll remain calmer longer. And then that'll help you to just kind of over time establish more of a regulated equilibrium and you just won't lose it nearly as much. So I hope that this is encouraging. I just read, you know, these recordings are going to be available for, you know, I don't want to say a lifetime, but like, you know, they're, they're just going to be indefinitely available. So listen back over any of them that you need and best of luck, mama.